Hello, Dan. Hello, Riley. I thought、um, this week I would try to do the whole podcast NPR style, so I'm going to sound very educated and medicated. That's great, Riley. I just want you to know that I'm wearing my tweed coat. I have a pair of old 1956 frame glasses on. I'm wearing a uh, a uh, equitably sourced、um, T-shirt that was made in、uh, in the Barbados by people who paid paid a fair wage, and and I'm eating my meat substitute sandwich. I'm wearing biodegradable slacks, and I'm smothered in organic butter. My wife was actually fashioned by straw in Thailand. <laughs> I don't think I can sustain that. <laughs> How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm really, really well. You know, I'm still laughing over、um, the last podcast we did. I was working on it、uh, today, actually, and your line.、Um, you know what, Riley? All I can hear is you eating your watermelon. <laughs> is pretty much my favorite line. You know, a lot of podcasts do merch when they get enough of a following. Yes, and they put quotes and stuff on a T-shirt, and I'm putting that on a shirt. Oh, great! Oh, so you kept it? Yeah, oh, Riley. Oh, it's all. It's in the podcast. It's like Riley. All I can hear is you eating your watermelon. Well, it was distracting. Yeah, it was, and I'm the king of distraction. We have news. Yes, we do. We do. It's not the best news, but、um, well, it, it, think- it is good news because of. What that means for this person? Yes. So Bonnie, our intrepid producer, has left the podcast, and、uh, the reason being is she has opportunities that she needs to focus on,、um, creative opportunities, and、uh, she just felt that the time、um, requirement for this podcast just was getting in the way. Yeah, we can't tell you because it's not our place, but it's pretty exciting. The thing,、uh, the project that she's. Uh, embarking on, and、uh, we wish her very well.、Uh, as far as I know, she's still friends with me. I don't know about you. Well, the story of my life, right? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure at my funeral, everybody's just going to show up smirking. Did you get a large gift basket from Bonnie? No, I didn't. I got a giant one filled with all sorts of wonderful things: chocolate,、uh, canned asparagus. Uh, a blowtorch. Do you know she's allergic to chocolate? So maybe it was meant as a, a statement. Oh, aha!、Uh-huh. Wrap your head around that, big boy. Oh boy! I have so many people trying to murder me, Riley. It's unreal. Do we have anything administered? That is a giant mug. Is that soup? No, it's water. It's a Godiva mug. Speaking of chocolate, Godiva. Um, Godiva. The who is a Greek god? Correct. I don't know. I just know Lady Godiva, who would r- rode the horse naked. What? Is this someone you went to school with? I don't know what who Lady Godiva is. It's funny. I I know a lot, but I don't know who Lady Godiva. <laughs> that mug. It's a two hander. It's huge. We got this um uh, uh, as a gift, actually, a gift basket. I oh my god, isn't that great when things come around so organically? Or、uh, back to the yeah,、uh, that we got a gift basket. Uh, I think my parents gave this to my wife for her birthday. It came with a whole bunch. It was like a, a Godiva、uh, basket and、uh, with two giant mugs. It's almost the size of your head. Do you know I've only ever won one gift basket in my entire life? And guess what the gift basket was? What? Prenatal. <laughs> There's a prenatal gift basket from the Etsy show. 
So, <laughs> so and needless to say, uh, was there anything in there that you could use? Yeah, there was some oils, essential oils. There was mm-hmm. lotions of various uh, types, mm-hmm. but it was a, pre- a prenatal gift basket. Like did it have like diaper rash stuff? No, but that's that's postnatal. Well, I don't know, but maybe they're giving you stuff. So it was just, yeah, you could use most of that stuff then. I have a friend who's a marathon runner who uses diaper rash stuff when he yeah, gets shaved. that's right. That's what I was going to say. There are uses for those things other than their initial intended use. Yeah. 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 I, I went to Montreal once, uh, actually two years ago, to see a, a show with a bunch of friends, and I wore the wrong underwear. And we walked like five kilometers down St. Catherine Street, and I got so chafed that I walked like a, like a cowboy for two days and honestly it was one of the worst experiences of my life that's better than what i thought you were gonna say yeah the things usually are i thought you were gonna say that you had to wear a diaper no no like that astronaut who went to kill her boyfriend oh yeah she wore the diaper yeah Yeah, that's a strange story and speaking of strange stories I have a strange story to share with you tonight. But before we dive into this world, um, any administrative things that we need to shovel out of the way? Well, just for the listener, you know, continue to uh, interact with us. We say this every week and and we say it because we mean it. We love, uh, you know, when you send us messages. Uh, Again, if you have show ideas, I've got about one show left in me. I'm going to be doing the mystery of my desk uh, in a few weeks or next week. Uh, and uh, that's it. I'm tapped out after that. So if you've got show ideas, uh, send them our way. And uh, we'd love that. Also, rate us on all the platforms, you know, whether it's Stitcher or iTunes or Grinder, Grinder, Tinder, MySpace. Yahoo, the Yahoo search engine is go. I I have invested a lot of money in uh, Yahoo making a big comeback as well as AOL. Poor AOL. Um, One thing I did want to mention before we dive in is that sometimes our um, episodes are going to be long and sometimes they're going to be medium length. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to tell the story and we're not going to try to embellish to draw it out to be an hour if it's a 37 minute story. So we're going to let the story determine how long the episode is. So dear listener, beloved listener, please don't be offended if one week we give you a 51 minute show and the following week it's a 37 minute show because we're giving the stories what they need. We did have one listener who complained about the Yuba County show. What'd they say? They said that uh, they didn't like all the details. They would have preferred drawings. Just if we could have done that show in five minutes in a series of drawings, that would have been more up their alley. It sounds like a hippie wish. I did actually. I'm making that entirely up. I know but, you are. But I did have one for real that I saw a comment about. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> that they couldn't be bothered to listen. But could we? Could we put it in print so they could just read it? <laughs> and I was very close to saying, well, that, that, that's a book or a magazine article. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a blog. I didn't respond. I restrained myself, and, uh, but giggled uh, okay. after reading that. Yeah. I'm glad. Guess what the story is this week. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. Yes. Um, have you ever had a stuffed animal or a doll that creeped the bejesus out of you? Yes, but it, was, it wasn't a stuffed animal. Well, sorry, it was a doll. It was a, a marionette. It was a marionette, and my I believe it was my, one of my 
my older siblings. Wait, wait, you said I, it was a marionette. I believe it was one of my older siblings. So your older sibling was a marionette. Yes. That explains a lot. It was owned. It was a toy of one of my, and here's the other. So it was creepy. It had a creepy face and also all perpetually tangled. So it wasn't even playable. <laughs> and I didn't like it. I didn't want it in my room. I, I think I buried it in a toy box in the basement. I don't blame you. Marionettes are weird. It's those immobile wooden faces. I had a Santa Claus that was stuffed. He was about two feet tall, but his face was hard plastic and I hated it. Like if there's a person in history, folklore history, he needs to come down a few pegs. It's Santa. We should do um, a podcast on the lore of Santa at, at Christmas. We, actually, let's do that. Because there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Anyway, I had the the Santa Claus stuffed doll and I hated it. And I was a little boy and my parents would put it in the room and he would like sit in the chair and stare at me at night. (laughs) He could see my shame. I should say this too, that my wife has a doll like that, that has made it to our home. And I cannot remember its real name, but I named it with my children. It's named Dennis and it's about two feet tall. It's very lifelike and they are terrified. Well, I think my son finds it funny. My daughter's not a fan. And it's really, it bothers my wife who does listen to this show. So I'm probably going to be in trouble after mentioning this, but it was something, it was a special toy of hers right. that, that, you know, she sort of envisioned passing on to her children <laughs> and her stupid husband has ruined that with <laughs> some of the the jokes. Cause I'd pretend like it's walking or that it would wink. So, Ooh, did you see that? It just winked. <laughs> Oh, God. I would move it around the house, too. Uh, Poor Dennis. Poor, poor Dennis. So he's buried somewhere. I have no idea where he is anymore. Well, tonight I'm going to tell you about Robert the doll. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that fun. I know. Is he he friends with Dennis? The first time I read that it was Robert the doll, that everybody calls him Robert the doll. So we're off to warmer climbs right now. We're heading off to Key West. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know this, but when I was doing my research, I found out that Key West has a deep history of paranormal crap. Interesting. Oh, yeah, like ghost ships, pirates, lots yeah. of ha- haunted forts. I never realized Key West was um, was an important military part of uh, Florida. Okay. Anyway, Robert the Doll, <laughs> or Bob, was said to be possessed by one of the most vicious, dangerous spirits to ever possess. Okay, if that- you are an evil spirit... Wouldn't you change your name? I'll tell you. Well, he didn't name it. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we're going in the Wayback Machine, but this time only as far as 1900s, the early 1900s. The house we're dealing with is in actually in Key West, and it is at 534 Eaton Street in Key West. The house is still there. Okay. So the doll that I'm talking to you about was originally given to a young boy named Robert Eugene Otto in 1904 when he was four years old. Now, there are two stories about the origins of the doll, like who gave Robert Eugene Otto the doll. I don't know if you've encountered this in your research on uh, doing these podcasts, but man, there's a lot of contradictory stuff out there. Yes, yes. Like someone will say something, like this person died, and the other person will say, no, that person. Anyway, this is one of those things. Well, and, and welcome to the world of history and or research, right? Like it's hard. And then you kind of, when, when I get that, I just try to find the, the consensus. 
Me too. That's exactly what I did. Right? Yeah. In this case, I couldn't. So I have no idea about the veracity of either one. But the two stories are this. At four years of age, he, he was given this doll. In 1904? In 1904 okay. by a Bahamian female servant, okay, oh. who worked for the family. Uh, the other story is that the doll was given to Robert by his grandfather, who had purchased it on a trip to Germany. They called the young boy, Robert Eugene Otto, actually his name colloquially was Gene because his okay. middle name was Eugene and the whole family, everybody called him Gene. So he named the doll Robert. Oh, okay. Which is common, right? That people would go by their middle names. Yes. Do you know, just until recently, I didn't know that the name Trip, the nickname Trip means you're the third. I did know that. Yeah, so if you're like, you know, if if you're, say, Dan Lajoie, everyone calls you Trip, that means there were two Dan Lajois before you. That's probably why Jack's last name in Three's a Company was Tripper, because it was three. I never even thought of that. Oh, Deep, my God. Eh? That show is just riddled with Easter eggs. Have you ever watched that show, like, now? No. You, you, you won't be able to get through it. It's so awful. Oh, that's too bad. I, I kind of always thought that that one would age well because it's a lot of physical comedy. It's stupid. And you just want to punch Larry. Yeah. Fucking Larry. But what about like Mr. Furley? Well, Don Knotts. Don Knotts, yeah. I preferred the, the Mr. Roper. Norman Fell. Yeah. We're getting way off, uh, off, uh, on, off the railway tracks here. So the doll, he named it Robert. It was handmade. It was stuffed okay. with straw. It was three feet tall. Ugh. And it was it was made of a plush gray, be- not gray, it was made of a plush beige fabric. Okay. The doll was holding permanently, because it was attached, a small stuffed lion or a dog. Nobody's certain what it is. The consensus is out on that. Mm-hmm. I've looked at it very carefully. There are photos of this of Robert the doll everywhere. I'm my vote is lion. Okay. It looks like a baby lion. Okay. Anyway, Gene and his doll, Robert, were inseparable. And Gene claimed that Robert was the best friend that he had ever had. And he spoke Ew. about the doll perpetually in the first person. Ugh. Uh, Gene dressed Robert in one of his outfits that he had outgrown, that he had worn as a small boy. And it was a sailor suit. And that very sailor suit is the one that Robert the doll wears to this day. Jeez. I know. It's, I, I assume they've washed it. Gene was never seen as a young boy without the doll. The doll and him were best friends. To the detriment, some say, of his actual social interactions with kids his age. He was really obsessed with this doll. Now, the relationship started to become sinister. Anytime anything bad would happen in the house that Gene could be implicated in, he would insist that Robert was actually the party to blame. And Gene and Robert would often be found having secret conversations that would last a really long time. We're talking 10 to 15 minutes, maybe a half an hour. They'd be huddled like underneath the stairs having these really in-depth conversation and often Gene's parents could hear a strange voice speaking. At first, they thought that Gene was the one making the voice. But when they, when, when they would listen to it very carefully, they realized that the voice was way too deep for a, a boy Gene's age to be doing it. Right. They recorded this? No, no, no. This is the 19, early 1900s. They, could, they would 
sort of sneak up and try to listen in and they would hear this deep booming voice and they realized there's no way that their little boy could have been making this voice. The doll spent each night in bed with Jean. Jean um, often would wake up in the middle of the night to find that the doll had shifted positions and was seated at the end of the bed staring at him. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. I... (laughs) That was the one I loved, too. So you wake up in the middle of the night and your doll is suddenly sitting, facing you, staring at you. I think at different... In different episodes, maybe we've talked about fears that we have. Mm -hmm. I think at one point we talked about clowns and I was never overly afraid of clowns or anything, but that's one of mine. And I don't know if it's movies. I I don't think I was ever afraid of like Chucky or anything like that. I found that more funny than anything. But just that idea of like creepy entities to the point where even recently in the last few years, the last time I think I've screamed in bed was waking up in the middle of the night to find my son at the foot of the bed, just staring. I think I may have even brought this up in a, in a previous episode. You did. And everybody I know who has a little kid and who has had a little kid has had that exact same experience. You know, I often wake up at night now that I'm a dog owner and my dog is just sitting at the end. He sleeps on the bed, but he'll mm-hmm. be sitting straight up just looking at us. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with that. I no, like no. that. It's adorable, but it's odd. Because I've, I grew up with dogs and I liked that because it felt like you're being watched in a protective way. Yes. With a dog. Yes. Okay. So this stupid little Robert is sometimes found at the end of this poor child's bed when it wasn't there at the beginning of the night. No, and Robert has little beady black eyes. They're not, there's no, um, there's no white to his eyes. Right. They're just little black button eyes. So. Okay, so this is not a lifelike doll. Obviously. Not at all. Not at all. If you see it, it's it's very rudimentary. And I think I know why, and I'll explain why at the end of the uh, podcast. As time progressed, Jean uh, started to scream and have bad dreams in the middle of the night. On one such occasion, when his parents rushed to his side to try to help him, they found that his bedroom door would not open. You're looking at the doll, aren't you? I am looking at the doll right now. I can tell by your face. And it's horrifying. You see what I mean about the little little eyes? Like that's the kind of doll that I would have probably done something very bad to to get rid of it. I would have burned it in, yeah. the, bar- in the barbecue. Yeah, like it would have been an experiment, shot it with my BBs, threw it into the river, something. Yeah. No, I would have no connection with that thing. That's for sure. Okay, so the parents are at the door trying to help their kid who's screaming. Oh my gosh. And the door won't open. It's jammed. Yeah, somehow. it just and it's never been jammed before. They could hear crashes coming from inside the room. And finally, all of a sudden, the door just opened. And there they found Gene in his bed. He was terrified, and all of the furniture and items in his room had been overturned. Oh, my God. And how old is Gene, do you think, at this point? Is he's about it, did 10. Okay, so he's – and he was how old when he first got it? Four. Yeah, so he's been with this thing for a long time. All yeah, right. it's, it's a long-term relationship, as you will see. <laughs> and uh, the doll was just sitting in a chair in the corner, and the chair was the only piece of furniture that hadn't been overturned. Ugh. The doll's just sitting there in the chair, taking it all in. Gene claimed that it was the doll that was causing all of the upset, and, had, and it was the doll that had caused the furniture to overturn. 
Okay. The family itself found the doll extraordinarily unnerving to have around. Yeah, I don't blame them. They insisted that the doll's expressions would change. They also said that the doll moved around the house freely, and they would often hear an unsettling dry laugh in the vicinity of the doll. <laughs> like that? Exactly. Can I, and can I just say this, Riley? Folks, if you're listening to this, look this up. Look up the picture of Robert the doll as we're talking about it. <laughs> I'm more creeped out now after looking at that little bastard. It's a horrible object. Even if it wasn't haunted, it's just a horrible looking doll. He almost in one picture looks like Curious George. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. I'll tell you a little bit about who made the doll later and it'll make a little okay. bit more sense. Okay. Uh, so Gene would be at school. And he wasn't allowed to bring the doll to school, I assume. And anyway, the doll, you know, his mother would go upstairs to clean. The doll would be downstairs and she'd walk into her room and there the doll would be sitting on the bed. So the doll would move around the house of its, apparently its own volition. Okay. The neighbors who lived near them also claimed to have seen the doll moving inside the house. Wow. Oh my God. I know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you're looking over at somebody's house and a doll walks by the window? I can't. I can't. Well, that and that I know you don't like the show. That also reminds me of one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes where Kramer has a doll like that and they have to switch apartments and Jerry's trying to sleep and and he all he hears is Mr. Peepers. Anyway, it was very funny. It's like the movie Leprechaun. The only the only funny thing in that movie was the way that the the sound of his little boots on the ground. It's a stupid movie. Anyway, finally the family hit the, the breaking point. They were at wit's end. Mm-hmm. And so the Otto family decided that they would lock Robert in the attic. When guests would come to visit the home, they would claim to hear footsteps and unsettling dry laughter coming from the attic. Okay. Word began to spread in the community about the unholy presence in the house. Yeah. So the years passed uh, with Robert in the attic and Jean matured. And Gene went out on his own. He attended the Academy of Fine Arts in Chicago. Cool. And then the Arts Students League in New York City. And finally, and this is very prestigious, the Sorbonne in Paris. And it was at the Sorbonne that he met his wife-to-be, a lovely woman named Anne. Gene eventually inherited the family home. Anne and Gene married, and he became a very reputable, well-known artist. And his work is still out there and very collectible. However, beyond his childhood, the fixation that Gene had with Robert never waned. Oh, no. And his wife hated the doll. Yeah. Yeah. She hated having the doll around. At night, Gene would place Robert in a chair by their bed. And when he painted, Gene would place Robert in a position nearby him. Neighbors again claimed that they could see the doll moving around the house. And once again they could also hear his laughter. I love this one. Children also said that the doll would watch them from the window. Oh my God. Yeah. In the master bedroom. This almost has like a psycho vibe to it too. It's a bit creepy. Yeah. Right. With the mother and the window and. Yes. In the rocking chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the children said the doll would watch them and they found it very unsettling. Gene would always put the doll in the attic to rest during rest periods and stuff, but the doll would inevitably find its way to the rocking chair by the bedroom window. 
So once again, just like his mother had the experience, no matter where he, you know, he put the doll back in the attic at the doll, because that's where he painted, the doll would find its way back to the chair by their bed in the master bedroom whenever he put it there. Probably Bruce Willis style and Die Hard through the, the air ducts. <laughs> exactly. Quick question. Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Christmas movie or action movie? Oh, that. I don't think it's necessarily a Christmas movie. I don't either. I think it's something you can watch at Christmas, but it's, I don't think the Christmas theme is prevalent enough to make it a Christmas movie. I agree completely. It's actually one of the best action films of that era. Oh, yeah. I actually don't mind number two either. Yeah, same. Yep. I agree. Who's number three that jumped the shark? Yeah, Bruce Willis. You know, Bruce Willis, I never really liked until, believe it or not, that movie 12 Monkeys. Oh, that was it's Terry Gilliam. But it was it, wait, but he can do some bad movies. In that movie, he Bruce Willis showed me that he could act. Mm-hmm. It's that one moment when he's in the car and he's listening to the radio and he hasn't heard the mm-hmm. radio in forever and he starts to cry and because he's remembering just the radio and what it yeah. felt. and it was so beautiful. I'm like, wow, yeah. you can act, Bruce. The well, as well, I thought he was phenomenal in Sixth Sense. Yes, yes. But that was, I think, after 12 Monkeys, I think. Oh, it was. Yeah. Unbreakable. He was also very good. Bruce, we we like you. Haven't seen you in a while, though. Gene began to act oddly, and he would fly into sudden rages and become extremely unreasonable. Many people claim he was actually abusing Anne, his wife. He would never remember what had happened during those episodes, but he always claimed that Robert was to blame. Gene died. On June the 24th, 1974. Okay. I actually saw a picture of his tombstone, and all it said on it was his name and artist, which I think is lovely. Okay. Anyway, his wife leased the house uh, after his death. She didn't want to stay there. One of the clauses in the lease was that Robert was to remain the sole undisturbed occupant of the attic. What? Could you imagine renting a house where there was the claw? I'd be like, yeah, fuck, I'm out. Well, why would she care? She hated the doll, too. Apparently, that's she just didn't want it to ever have any contact with anybody. And so she left it in the attic and said, don't go up in the attic. Leave the doll. Leave the attic. Under- and this is real, then. Like, this is verifiable, I'm assuming, if it was in a lease agreement. Yeah, well, this was after 1974. Yeah. Would you rent that house? No. Fuck. No. God. No. Like maybe if it had a nice view, it was like a beachside. Oh, it's a beautiful home. It's beautiful home. All of the tenants that rented the house heard strange noises coming from the attic. Mm-hmm. They heard the sound of things being moved around, things being drugged across the floor. Whenever they went up to the attic, they would always find that Robert the doll had moved from one side of the room to the other. He's getting his exercise in. Yeah, I guess so. And finally died. Well, it makes makes it sound like she was a bitch. Oh, Anne finally died. No, Anne died. And the house was sold. And the new owners of the home had a 10-year-old girl. Oh, God. And she discovered Robert in the attic. As soon as Robert entered her and her family's life, she began to have terrible nightmares. And they say that he also caused accidents to occur to her and her family. Mm Mm-hmm. At the end of their rope in 1994, the family donated Robert to the Fort East Martello Museum, which is a haunted garrison dating back to the Civil War. Mm. And that is where he remains to this day. 
He's in a glass box in the basement Mm -hmm. of that building. Mm -hmm. You sound like this old guy in a rocking chair. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at what you're talking about. I can see the picture of where he currently resides. Yes, that's where he is. He's in a glass box of emotion. And his his um his work isn't over because people claim that he is still a very active paranormal entity. Stories say that Robert hates to have his photo taken and he hates to be touched. So people who do either of those without asking his permission <laughs> are said to suffer car accidents and other oh. traumatic events. He sounds He's a he just, dick. He just sounds like a dick. I know. His temper tantrum. Don't touch me. You. I want to make this movie. I know. You took yeah. my photo, you asshole. And you know who plays Robert? Who? You. No way. No. Yes, no. you'd make a great Robert. I'm too old. The voice. Oh. <laughs> and that's, I think he, I think he's old. So he's, he's, he would punish. Angry old spirit. He would punish people. Yeah. So for taking his photo or touching him, <laughs> if you look at a lot of his photos, you will notice that his glass cube is surrounded by letters. Those are letters of apology to people <laughs> who broke his rules. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So people write letters to him oh. and they stick them on the wall outside his cube. Oh, and, and many witnesses who have visited Robert have claimed to see him move. And caretakers and people who work at the museum claim that he moves without restriction during the why night. Why are they keeping this thing? I know why they're keeping it, because it's getting people probably to come visit. But what, like, oh, my God. Uh, it is said that electronic equipment ma- uh, malfunctions in Robert's vicinity. So cell phones, MP3 players, things like that. Electric cameras don't work. The caretakers of the museum find that having Robert around is very unsettling. Yeah. They hear often hear footsteps in the vicinity of the basement where he's kept. Yeah, exactly. And they feel his presence. Now, uh, you've heard me speak about this before. And of course, who comes out of the woodwork for shit like this? But all those paranormal investigative shows and and YouTube channels where they're all they're all together and there's flashlights and, you know, yeah. oh, my God, over here in the corner is a cold presence. And look at look at the view meter. It's it's showing that it's, it's off. It's in the red. There's something here. Who are you? You know, that stuff. And I don't mean to shit on it, but I am shitting on it because it just bugs me and it's always the same. Mm-hmm. And there's always a, an older woman who looks like she's had some living, you know, like <laughs> she's, she's, you know, she's, she's a friend of the corner bar. There's always that woman there who's, who's the psychic and she always, right. gets, she always gets it wrong. Yeah. Or she's so vague. It's, you know, something happened here. All right. I'm going to finish this story up. We're close. Um, I know I'm going to make you laugh. So um, again, we have the usual paranormal investigators. They all claim that there's a malevolent spirit there. Mm-hmm. So to close it off, Robert is, uh, they say that he has a sweet tooth. So lots of folks bring him or send him treats. To name a few, homemade brownies, Rice Krispie squares, and peanut butter balls. Someone once left him a joint taped to his case. <laughs> and? That's it. Oh, he didn't smoke it? No, but I think that's so fucking right on. And I'm picturing the person. It's like someone from Seattle. They're just really chill, you know. Like, yeah, man, Robert, here, man. Here's this. Is, we just smoke it, man. You'll feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, just see, I, I just wish they had a hidden camera footage of the guy who left the joint. 
I'd love to see the hidden camera footage of the of people leaving those things. Like what I know. If they're doing it jokingly or if they're treating this doll with reverence. A lot of people treat him with reverence. I'm going to finish my story by telling you a little bit of a background legend. Yeah, and I, I good because I'm I'm wondering if there's a theory on who inhabits the doll. Yes. And okay. here's the theory. The Otto family before living in Key West had owned a plantation. Oh. And that plantation had employed many servants. Mrs. Otto, who was Jean's mother, was said to have been very cruel to those servants. And they say that she once caught some of them practicing dark magic and promptly fired them. Mm -hmm. And in retaliation, one of the servants who was from the Bahamas Mm -hmm. infused the Robert doll with dark magic. So that is the theory Mm -hmm. that a lot of people ascribe to about where the possession or how Robert became the entity that he is. Sort of as a payback Yeah, I've got more. This is the last few things that I have. Uh, Some people, because there's always people out there who will find out what's what. The doll's origin was finally traced in the last 20 years to the Steef Company. It's S-T-E-I-F-F, Steef Company, which is a toy company that was best known for creating, inventing the teddy bear. And this was in honor of Theodore Roosevelt. So look again at Robert. And Robert has kind of the look of a teddy bear. And this was the company that invented what we know as the teddy bear. They built Robert. Robert was never intended to be used as a doll. He was a window display mannequin. Oh. So he was supposed to be used in children's window displays or window displays for children's products. Finally, the house in Key West, which is colloquially known as Artist House, is still there. It's a beautiful purple color. And it's a bed and breakfast. Wow. You can stay over. Well, I guess it's not It's not haunted. The doll's gone. And the story of Robert the doll is what fueled the child's play screenplay. Oh, well, yeah. And, and you can see some of that personality in Chucky, right? Yeah. So it was this doll that inspired Chucky in Child's Play, which I hate. Mm-hmm. franchise is garbage but anyway that is this that's where the story came from so to play now devil's advocate i wonder if eugene was manifesting a, a part of himself through the doll what about the girl who lived there after gene i think she is a dirty liar <laughs> come at me well, come no. at me no, I don't know. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know. I can't. Or the museum stuff. I just wonder, you know, like it's it. And the, you know what this reminded me of as well? It's, I don't know if you ever had an imaginary friend, but it reminds me of that sort of concept. I didn't either. My niece, on the other hand, did. And it was eerie, really eerie. Mm. I still remember spending a month with my sister. My sister's nine years older than I am. And I was a teenager and she had moved to Houston, Texas and spending, I, I think it was about a month in Houston. And my niece at the time was two and she would talk to these two friends that she had, uh, Holmesy and Sio. They sound like millennial dog names. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like though? It sounds like, yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, but it, But she would have that she would have like to the point where my sister and and my brother-in-law were actually sort of worried 
is this a sign of mental illness? Is this, and if you met my niece today, poof, she's a piece of work. No, she's lovely. She's, oh God, don't just say that. <laughs> she's awesome. She's, I'm extremely proud of her. And no, no, but it's, it's a, and obviously it's a, a phenomenon that is very common where children have imaginary friends and probably makes a lot of sense too, right? Emily was born in Canada. And at that time, my brother-in-law worked away from the home a lot. Like he'd be gone for long stretches of time, uh, working off oil platforms and things like that. So, Oh, so he was like working on oil rigs and stuff. Yeah. Like in the Colombian jungles, he was in the, he was actually speaking. Ah, here we go. It comes full circle. He was actually in, uh, the Florida keys when hurricane Andrew hit in 92, he was in the Gulf, the Gulf shortly before the Gulf war which is also, that was what, 1990, 91? Uh, he, like, he's been shot at by rebels in the jungles of Columbia. The guy had, a like, a dangerous job that shouldn't have been, but was just by the nature of where he had to go work. He was gone a lot. That put a lot of stress, I know, on all of them. It has nothing to do with being weird, but I would love to just talk to him on the podcast. He sounds amazing. But no, so anyway, that be, Emily is awesome. Um but she did have those that imaginary friend. And I remember being kind of spooked out by that. And I almost wonder if Robert was like an imaginary friend that he was channeling through. But again, that doesn't explain all the weird stuff afterwards. I'm always, you know, I find that suspect. Those stories, people can make stuff up, especially if there's lore and legend around it. Well, and dolls are creepy. And older dolls are creepy. I've yet to see a doll that was manufactured before 1950 that isn't creepy. Right. You should see the doll my mother had that it was her doll when she was a kid. It looks like you would get up in the middle of the night and stick an ice pick in your ass. Yeah. Like it, it was a brutal looking thing, but that, that was the style of dolls made back in the day. And I just, I think they're inherently horrible. You know, those, those yeah. vintage looking dolls. Yeah. Not my GI Joe figures. Mine neither. I had the one with the real beard. Well, Dan, I think the train has reached the station. Choo choo. We managed to fill up almost 40 minutes. There was more to talk about with Robert the doll than I thought. Now, he's still there. So, you know, when I, I talked to you about uh, wanting to go to Trans-Allegheny, I mm -hmm. really want to go to Key West and see Robert the doll, too. I would really like to go to Key West as well. Will you prepare a letter to put outside his, his glass cube? Maybe I'll bring him Dennis and sit Dennis beside him <laughs> and have a buddy. Absolutely. So, uh, did you like the story? I loved it. I, well, this stuff creeps me out. I thought I would go a bit. I thought I would go a bit lighter this week as well. Um, yeah, it's also funny, right? It's so it's, it's funny. I got to tell you, when I read about the joint, yeah, being stuck on his, I laughed my ass off because I just thought that's so right on. And again, I hope you looked the, the the picture up if you didn't or couldn't because maybe you're in the car. I, I highly encourage that you go and take a look. We'll post this for sure Absolutely. on all of our platforms so that you can um, you can take a look and uh, and see little Robbie Robert. Yeah, Robert the doll. Robert the doll. Yeah, one of the most famous haunted objects ever. Yeehaw. That, that and my desk drawer. Which we'll be talking about next week. Which we'll talk about next week. All right, Dan, it's been a pleasure as always. Yes, it has been fun, Riley. Dear listeners, we thank you again for your attention, and we love that you follow us and spend some time with us, and we hope we're doing well. Let us know. Yes, please do keep the communication up. I hope everyone has a wonderful 
Robertless Week. As do I. Bye now. Goodbye, everybody. The Weird would like to thank its generous sponsors. Whole Lot of Soul Footwear is the only footwear made of 100% kale and dreams. When the shoes wear out, just soak them in warm water overnight and watch them transform into a delicious vegan meal. Available in select stores in Portland and throughout the Hudson Valley. We are also proud to be supported by the makers of Sappho Bites, the nutritional 100% organic snack made for women by women. Available in original, ranch, and new hot yoga. At last, a snack she can call her own.